Hello everyone, thank you for coming back to Brainstorm. Before we dive into the episode, here is a word from Anchor. Anchor is an app that you can use to create podcasts. They distribute your podcast on Spotify and you can also monetize your podcast by using Anchor. Try it out today, it's absolutely free. And if you have been listening to our podcast for a while, thank you so much for coming back. We really appreciate. Do consider subscribing and leaving a rating and a review. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Brainstorm. Oh, who's that? Hello? Hello? Araf, where are you? I'm at the library. What? You're supposed to be home. We have a children's author coming home to explain how books are made. Yes, that's exactly why I'm here. I'm researching about history of books. History of books? Yes. Books can be from today's books to ancient papyrus scrolls. Books in the times of ancient Romans and Egyptians were scrolls either made out of papyrus or parchment. Parchment? Didn't Harry Potter use parchment? Yes, exactly. That one. Hmm, I see. Then how did it become in the books that we see today? Between the 2nd and the 4th century, the Romans began sewing folded sheets of parchment together and binding them between wooden covers. This type of book is called the Codex, and it's a normal type of book today. The Codex was also much more portable and easier to handle. It also allowed readers to flip through the pages more quickly. Hmm, very interesting. But books were still not available to the public because the codex method meant that books were handmade and very expensive. Only rich people could buy these codices, which is the plural of codex. Oh, then how did we get to the books we have in the stores, in the library? Although the Chinese invented the early printing press, but the modern printing press as we know it was invented by Johannes Gutenberg. With this machine, Gutenberg made the very first printed book, which was a reproduction of the Bible. That is very good research, Arav. But you really need to come home because the author would be here any minute. Over and out. See you. Bye. Before diving into today's show, I would like to thank the star listeners of this episode, Sai Chintan, for sending information about his favorite book, Ahalya Raghavachari for sharing her feedback about Gunjan Saxena's episode, and Dakshita Sharma for sharing her riddle. Thank you so much, Sai Chintan, Ahalya, and Dakshita. We hope that you keep enjoying the program. And if you have been enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate if you leave a rating and a review on the platform of your choice. This would help us reach more kids just like yourself. Thank you. Now back to the show. As promised, we have an author in the house to tell us how a book goes from an idea to a real book that we can touch and feel. We have Maricela Robles who has written seven children's books and she's going to share her story and answer Arav and Vanya's burning questions about authors. So let's get started. Maricela, thank you so much for joining us today. 
And we are very, very excited to learn about the book journey. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for the warm welcome. And I've already had my chai tea, which I love. <laughs> thank you. So you can take us off, Banya. Who are the people involved in creating the book? So, yes, that's a very good question. So today I brought two books with me because even though I've written seven, um, two of them are already published. The third one is with the illustrator. And the fourth one um, is with the editor. So there, I just mentioned two additional people that perhaps you don't know about. So my books are picture books, which means they're illustrated. So whenever you have you know, a book which is a picture book, you will see the name of the author, and that's me, and that's the person who wrote the story. And then you'll see illustrated by, and here is the name of the illustrator, who is the person who actually made the drawings. Vanda makes all of the illustrations. For example, like Harry Potter, before the movies, you had no idea what maybe Ginny looked like or what Professor Snape looked like. It was all in your head. But now with the movies, now they've put an image in your head and so that's a bit different. And so the illustrations, they help you see that world that the author sees in their mind and they're sharing that world with you. But if we just put all the text on one side and then just all of the pictures following, that wouldn't be fun, right? It wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. So what has to happen? So before actually Vanda even starts illustrating, what happens is once I've written a story, I contact her and I say, Vanda, I've written a new book. She says, okay, so I send it to her, she reads it, and then she does something called a storyboard. Do you know what a storyboard is? Mm -hmm. So a storyboard is a bit like, like comics. Have you ever seen a comic? Yes. Yes. It's just exactly. So comics, you know, have little squares, right? And there's mm -hmm. little parts that happen with, within each part of that square. That's, it's like a bigger version of a comic. It's a storyboard where we decide, okay, what picture or what illustration would go well with that part of the book. So for example, here on the, and this is why, um, why mommy always sleeps sitting up. And in the first part of the book, it starts with some days, Sebastian liked to wake up before anyone else had woken up. So we could have done a lot of things, right? We could have illustrated, she could have just put Sebastian maybe stretching, you know, his arms, maybe the sun, you know, starting to come down. And she could have done a lot of different things, but she chose, okay, we'll put a bed. We want to show that it's nighttime. We want to show his dog sitting, um, sleeping there. We put a bit of more illustration about how the bedroom looks to take you into the story. Now, imagine if instead of this um, picture, imagine if it was just a picture of Sebastian playing. Would that make sense? Mm -hmm. No, right? So actually the storyboarding is really important because you have to put the picture and the words together. They have to match and they have to take your imagination even further. So that 
then when that happens, then we do, we do the storyboard and then we bring in somebody called an editor. So I have an editor actually here in Switzerland. Her name is Claudia Hollings. She's absolutely great. She helps um, actually children's authors and that's me. I'm a children's author and she helps us with our stories and how it all comes together. So that means, so for now we have me, the author, then the illustrator, and then we have the editor, right? And then after that, we need somebody else. Now it's time for a mystery sound. Can you guess what it is? We will reveal what the mystery sound is at the end of the episode. Hello, Nindi auntie. I hope you all are doing well. Today, I am going to tell you about Anant Pai and a bit about his book series. I like reading the Amar Chitra Katha books or in short form also called ACK. They are stories about Indian mythology and folk tales. Uh, AJK are popular Indian comics among young and old alike. Anand Pai is the founder of the AJK series. He has also authored some AJK stories. The first story was Krishna written by himself. One day on a quiz show, Anant Pai realized that the children know much more about Greek mythology than Indian mythology. This incident provoked him to, to introduce Indian mythology to the children. Therefore, he wrote simple stories of Indian mythology. That's why he is also referred as the Walt Disney of India because he is the Indian comic creator. He is also popularly known as Uncle Pai. Uncle Pai Day is celebrated on September 17th. My favorite book is the Mahabharata from ACK. I like the Mahabharata because it has all the details of each character described in, a, in simple words and I, under, and I also understand it very clearly. So we need to bring in somebody who's an expert at actually doing the layout of a book. And that person is called a designer. They design the layout of the book. So that's a fourth person. And she helps us and she says, well, um, I think this would go better here. And she helps us design also the cover. If you see both of these covers are the same, right? Because I want to indicate that these two books are connected that they're in the same series. I think if you see, for example, the Harry Potter books, if you see the, the, the covers, they're all very similar, right? Mm -hmm. To indicate that it's part of a series. So those are four people who are involved. Now, I'm um, a self-published author. So then I decided to go and self-publish myself. But if I didn't, then I would need a publishing house and I would need an agent to help me get in touch with publishing houses. And a publishing house is, that's, it's basically what it says on the tin. So it's a house that publishes books. 
So those are, for my books, those are all the people involved. Did you think it would take that many people or do you think it would take less? Many people. Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a few people. Yeah, so those are, those are the people who are involved in creating, in creating the books or this books, which are, which are my books at the moment. What's your question, Adam? My question is, are picture books easier to write than textbooks, say Harry Potter series? Hmm. That's a really good question, actually. And a lot of people think that because they're shorter, that it must be a lot easier to write. But actually, if you imagine the Harry Potter book, it's a really long book. You have yeah. a lot of time and a lot of pages to be able to convince you, to take you on an adventure, to be able to open your imagination, to make you go like, oh, and to make you be excited or cry. And picture books are short. So we have to compress all of that into very few pages. And not only that, but they have to work together with the illustrations. So I think some people would say that it's easier. Some people would say that it's more complicated. Um, but I think it's just, it's just a different process. How can your book become an audiobook? Hmm. Oh, that's a very good question because actually I have these in audiobooks as well. So an audiobook effectively, so once I've written all the words, I have to take them and then I have to do a recording. Um, so I read the actual, the actual book in a microphone like we're doing now. But then to make it nicer and more interesting, we add music in the background, we add special sound effects. So for example, in the book here, when they're talking about a waterfall, you will hear the waterfall in the background. Or if you're talking about opening the magic door inside your mind, then you will hear an actual door opening. And when they're inside the pirate ship, you will hear the seagulls and the water and all of that to make it interesting and um, yeah, make it more fun for people to listen. So that's, um, that's what you do. I record it and then I add sounds and I have to edit it and then, and then it's ready to go out. It sounds similar to the podcast, isn't it? Because in the podcast as well, we record and then we add some sound effects, background music and put it all together. So it sounds interesting for the Hi Nidhi, I listened to your podcast on Gunjan Saxena and I really liked the episode. I also watched this film with my mother a few weeks ago during the autumn holidays. My grandfather is a retired fighter pilot in the Indian Air Force. My father also wanted to become a pilot like my grandfather, but could not due to medical reasons. I did not know that you were going to do a podcast on Gunjan. Otherwise, I would have also loved to have participated. I enjoy history and love to learn about kings and queens and dynasties of the past and how they lived to rule their kingdom. Hopefully, I can join next time. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Dakshita. I'm 10 years old. I live in Zug, Switzerland. I like listening to this podcast and I have a joke for you. Why did Dracula lose the baseball game? 
because his bats flew away. Thank you. To summarize, we have an author, an illustrator, an editor, a designer, and a publishing agent or a publisher. So these are the five people involved in the book journey. Thank you so much. That's very informative. And I had a question to ask as well. So what's the most fun part of writing a book? And what's the most difficult part which you dread, which you would rather not do? <laughs> okay. Um, wow. So for the writing, I actually love the writing part because um, the ideas is like all of a sudden imagine you're just, I'm just walking and then all of a sudden this idea starts going around in my head, like a little bird or a little butterfly that's circling my head. And I just go, oh, there's an idea. That's what Arav feels most of the time. Yeah. He has a lot of ideas. Like uh, J.K. Rowling was on King's Cross and then she saw some depression in the barrier or something like that. Okay. Into the pillow or something like that. And then she got the inspiration. Oh, nice. Oh, something like that. I, don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. So that's very interesting. Yeah, exactly. So um, usually I can feel it. It's very strange. I can, I can feel that there's a little something flying over and I don't know what it is yet. And then all of a sudden, you know, I may be having a shower or I may be getting dressed and then it's like something pops. And usually the first line of the book comes into my head. So for this book, the first thing that came into my head was actually the title. It says, you don't need your body to sell a boat. And that's the first thing that came into my head. And I just thought, oh, I don't know what the story is, but I just need to write this down. And then I went and I grabbed a notebook and then I started writing. And then about 45 minutes later, the book was done. Mm -hmm. So that for me is the fun part is the inspiration and the knowing that there's something magical happened around me and, and I, I need to write it down because otherwise the idea just flies away to somebody else. So I need to write it down. So that's the most uh, fun part. I think the most, um, the most difficult part <laughs> is actually everything after yeah. that. So yeah, it's taking, um, I mean, I quite enjoyed the storyboarding. I think with uh, Vanda, the process is very interesting when you have to start sort of doing, but probably the technicalities of it with the designer, things like things that you wouldn't think of, for example, you know what, um, you know what, what this colors. is called? Yeah. So, so this is called a font. A mm. font is the type of, you know, the letter, how, how you see it or how it's different. So for example, this type of letter, is very different to this one, right? And there's hundreds, if not thousands of them, things like choosing that, that for me <laughs> is, is a bit more more time consuming and difficult where I just go like I just want to get the book out and um, but yeah but it's all it's all part of the process it's good fun great and we also noticed that the books that you have shared with us today are based on the theme of meditation yes and um, your your insta or even your social media handles go by the name of meditation fairy That's so correct. why don't you tell a little bit about why you chose this specific theme to be a book series. Yes, exactly. So um, I started meditating um, a while ago, a couple of years ago, and I would wake up um, very early at five o'clock in the morning or something like that to meditate. 
So before the sun woke up, right? That's this story, actually. That's the why does mommy always sleep sitting up? And um, a lot of the times then Sebastian would come in and say, what are you doing? Why are you sitting here in the living room with your eyes closed? Like, what are you doing? And he started becoming very interested. And I didn't know how to explain it to him. And I thought that the easiest way to be able to explain it to him was through a story. Because if he didn't know anything about it, so I know you guys know about meditation, right? Mm -hmm. But if for somebody who doesn't know anything about it, then I thought that a story would be the best way to learn about it. And so what the what each of the books um, do at the moment, and which is what the series wants to do, is to have a fun way to talk about meditation to children without actually having to teach it. Because isn't it more fun to just read a story? Because that's mm -hmm. that's how we learn, right? You learn about bravery and courage and maybe sometimes being scared or things that you can or think that you cannot do, but you can actually do. So that's that's why why I chose meditation. It was my way of trying to teach my own son, who's six, like you, Vanya, mm -hmm. about meditation. One, and did you have a question about uh, meditation? How does meditation help children? That's an excellent question. So, do you do yoga? Yes. Yes. Do you think yoga is meditation? Mm. Why not? Because it's just like, doing poses. It's just doing poses. But you're very concentrated, right? When you're doing the poses, or you're meant to be. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing breathing, right? Yeah, yeah you're doing breathing. But you're always Yes, but there are different. That's a very good point. We are always breathing. But sometimes there's a lot of the times when you get really scared. Did you know that when you get scared, you stop breathing? You go like, and then you stop. Mm -hmm. And then your breath becomes very shallow so or, or very fast. It means that you don't breathe from your belly. You breathe, you breathe from, from your chest and up here, which means there's not enough air getting into your lungs and you need to get that into your brain so yoga is actually a type of meditation you can do dancing meditations you can do walking meditations you can do laughing meditations you can do smiling meditations you can do all sorts of meditations you don't need to sit down with your eyes closed all the time that's the most typical one that people know about. But I do walking meditations. I love them. You know why? Because I get to see things differently when I'm in, in what I call the meditation state. So where I'm very aware of everything that happens, I can start seeing things differently. Sometimes as if I'm in a game. You know how things look a bit different when you're playing a game and everything looks a bit more colorful bit different that's yeah. sometimes how it looks like so when when children meditate it's actually teaching you to do a lot of things you can learn how to go from being very scared to actually very calm or very frustrated angry to being content or when your mind is racing and you need to focus on something because maybe you need to study for example for a test Mm -hmm. then you can do that. Or if somebody says something 
that's really not very nice and it hurt your feelings and you're very sad, then it can help you calm down and understand why are you feeling that way and how can I just let that go? So that's what actually meditation does for you. And actually, there's another way that they call meditation, for example, visualization, which means when you imagine, so do you play sports? For yes, example, yes. what sports do you play? Badminton, frisbee, and football. Fr- I wish the weather frisbee is going. So you like frisbee? Is that is that your favorite? Uh, or no, really football is really Fo- football, football is your favorite. So imagine that you have to kick a penalty, and imagine you you are standing there and you're really nervous right? Everybody's watching. Your team is going like, come on, you can do it. If you kick the penalty, then you'll get, you'll win as the game. So everybody's counting on you. So if you lose the penalty, oh my gosh, you're not going to get through. You're not going to win. Everybody's going to be really sad. How, How are you feeling at that moment when you're about to kick that penalty goal? Are you nervous and scared, right? And your, your heart may be beating a bit faster. So what you can do at that moment is you can close your eyes and you can take three deep breaths and you can just focus and tune everybody out. You're like, nothing else exists. And all I have to do is kick that ball into the net. And you're so calm and relaxed that you just kick the ball and it goes in. And that was a meditation. That's the the skill, the superpower that it gives you to be able to say, nothing else matters. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to do what I want to do. That's how it can help you. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing all that. (laughs) I'm sure Vanya and Arav did not know about so many different types of meditations that exist. And what did you learn, Arav? What did you find most fascinating? about meditation. I know you don't really enjoy meditation. You wish you were not doing it when mama is forcing you to do it. So what did you think? Did it change your perspective? No. Not really. (laughs) Still a skeptic. (laughs) How about you, Vanya? Well, I think it's very better, I thought. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you just just have to find the one that's for you. Yeah, I just... Like, I was supposed to kick that, that ball to the net. I thought I never made it before, and then I made it, and I got past the goalie. Exactly. The adult. That's, exactly. that's great. Exactly. That's Sounds all you good. need to do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Would you like to take us through a guided meditation, a short one that our listeners can have a taste of what a meditation looks like? Yes. What it feels like? Yes, definitely. Let's definitely. do that. So, so let's, it's going to be a very short meditation. It's called the one minute meditation. And um, I'm going to be minding the time here. And you just have to, on this one, we will close our eyes. You just have to close your eyes and then do what I'm, what I'm asking you to do. Okay. Are you ready, Vanya? Yeah. You're the converted one. Yes. I got one. 50, 50. I think I did pretty, pretty well. Yes. That's a good score. <laughs> exactly. Right. So here we are, we're gonna start, we close our eyes, and now. So I want you to relax and let your shoulders drop, right? And move your head a bit from side to side and just feel very relaxed where you're sitting. 
all your body so relaxed. Now you take a deep breath in and out. Now from your valley again, in and out. Now I want you to check if there's any part of your body that needs relaxing. Maybe wriggle your arms a bit or your legs or your shoulders down. Take one more big deep breath in and out. Now you can open your eyes. That was it. Wow, that was really quick. Yeah, was it was a one-minute meditation. It was one minute. Wow. It was. <laughs> that passed very fast, huh? I thought it was like one millisecond or something. Yeah. I know. So it was not so difficult after all. Yeah. Exactly. Because I felt relaxed. I mm. don't feel like so excited. Do you recall the mystery sound we played earlier? instrument that I was playing was the tongue drum and it's tuned to a pentatonic scale. So tell our listeners, Marcella, where can we find you and where can we find your books? Yes. So, um, so as you mentioned, um, the handle on, on Instagram and on Facebook, you can find it as at Meditation Fairy, or you can go to the website, which is meditationfairy.com. And there you will find all of the information about the books, um, which we have in printed form. So wherever it is that you're listening in the world, you can actually get them from your local Amazon store. So as you heard, Maricela, you can check out meditationfairy.com and you will find links to all her work there. And I'm sure you'll enjoy all her books and her special meditations, which are for children and parents. So until next time. Bye-bye. 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 You can also listen to my mummy's podcast, which is also for your mummies. It is called Unstoppable by Nidhi. And you can find it on Spotify, Apple. And Google. And Google. Can you cancel it? <laughs> you can send or record your messages on the link given in the podcast description. Or you can email us at get real amma it is get g-e-t real r-e-a-l amma a-m-m-a which is a traditional form of calling mummy in tamil thank you all so much for listening don't forget to like and subscribe and share the story with others